it's such a privilege and honor to bring you the word again online today and I hope you enjoy this message with us last week we had a look about about God's paintbrush and we talked about this concept of God being the master artist about our lives and and how that look and and I'm going to share the key verse for us again and, and just reflect on that quickly but I want to read out of the amplified version this morning and it says the following Ephesians 2 10 for we are his workmanship his own masterwork a work of art a work of art Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking path which He set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. What a powerful statement! What a powerful verse about God's heart for us his generosity towards us and it says the following we are his workmanship his masterpiece the one translation says literally a work of art god is the painter god is the craftsman we are his hands work that's who we are and then he said born anew made new renewed Meaning, he, he, he doesn't repair our lives, he, he makes it brand new. We are his workmanship, a work of art. And I want to, want to put some emphasis on that this morning. You are God's masterpiece. I don't care what the world has said about you, what other people's opinions is about you. I want you to hear what his word is saying about you. You are his masterpiece, a work of art. And the thing about art is sometimes, well, most of the times you, you, you can see or you can know when it's a Rembrandt or, or you just know if you know art, you know when it's a Picasso. It's weird and wonderful and, and abstract. It's, it's just different. Or you know it's a, when it's a Monet just because of the colors he uses. And, and, and you know when it's a, a Van, Van Gogh and... Uh, why? Because these artists, they, they have unique traits. They have unique styles. Like, like this picture behind me, it's, it's my mum-in-law's uh, that she painted for me. It's a lion, but it's colorful. It's, I just love her artwork. I can, I can easily spot her artwork because of her unique style. And also God has a unique style when he takes up the paintbrush. And we're going to... We're going to speak about that, those strokes that God paints over our lives. When He sets the canvas, it's brand new. When He, when he takes hold of our lives, he, he doesn't just repair our lives, He makes it brand new. And last week, we, we said to each other, one of the strokes, one of God's strokes is transformation. He transforms our lives. The gospel brings about change. Another stroke that we're not going to talk about today but another stroke, I believe, is, is freedom. We are being set free. When, when God uh, puts up the canvas of our lives, we are being, and He takes the paintbrush, one of the strokes is freedom. But there's another stroke that I want to talk into today, 
and, and it's actually a word that is cringeworthy, especially because it's been abused by people in the church, not by the church, but people in the church. And it's the word prosperity, prosperity. Sometimes when we hear that, that word, we cringe. I cringe because you can just Google hyper prosperity teaching. It, it, it's, it, it's just, I don't think it's from the Lord. I don't think that is his heart for us, the hyper prosper uh, gospel, that uh, prosperity gospel that people are preaching out there. Um, that, that's not what the word prosperity means. When, when I think about these messages about hyper prosperity, it reminded me about a, a little joke. Um, one, guy, uh, one, one day a pastor said, if you sow, if you, uh, that's just a fancy um, biblical word maybe, or Christian word, if you give uh, $1,000 today, the pastor said, you can pick the three hymns for next week's Sunday. And here comes an old lady with a walker and she's walking down the aisle and, and she pulls out a thousand bucks and she gives it to the church and, and she turns around and she said, I pick him, I pick him and I pick, <laughs> and I pick him. Um, that's, that's funny. Anyway, um, and sometimes we cringe because it's, it's the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it gospel that we think about. That's not the word. The Hebrew word for prosperity is the Hebrew word saleach, saleach, that literally means to be pushed forward, to be pushed forward, or, or another meaning is to have the wind in your sails and, and being able to go further uh, to the front or forward, being pushed forward. It's, it's not by your own strength, there's, there's a supernatural strength and you are being pushed forward. That's what the word prosperity means. And I know it's been perverted by, by individuals uh, for, for gain or their own gain. And, and I'm sorry about that. But that's not what the word means. And when, when we speak about God's paintbrush, one of the strokes, one of the unique traits that we see in people's lives is prosperity in the real sense of the word. In the real sense of the word. Let's, let's look what the word says this morning. And let the word of God minister to you today. It says in Proverbs 11 verse 10. It says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoice. When the wicked uh, perish, there is shouts of joy. Meaning, when the right people have the right things, other people can benefit from it. Other people can benefit from it. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Meaning, in the, in the real sense of the word, a generous person will saleach. Meaning, the Hebrew will be pushed forward, will experience that wind in their sails, will get to a place and go, I don't know how I got here, but I got here. There's some supernatural work that was involved and it's actually God's brush stroke in our lives, the brush stroke of prosperity. It says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. 
I love this verse. Uh, 3 John 1 verse 2, the King James Version says, Beloved, beloved, that's you and me, beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prosper. And for some reason, we have made this word all about money. And it's not. It's not. Here is a biblical, and I, I believe, believe a biblical uh, meaning, uh, and a biblical prosperity means the following. It says, having more, than, uh, having more than you need so you can make an internal difference in the lives of others. Let me read that again. It says, having more than you need so that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. One of the brush strokes of God is, is transformation. It, it, it brings also freedom in our lives, but also prosperity. It's one of the unique traits when we give over our lives to God and He takes the paintbrush. One of the strokes in our lives is prosperity, being pushed forward. Salayah. That begs the question, what is the purpose? What is the purpose for this brush stroke because it has a purpose it does have a purpose and and i want to give a couple of truths to you today about the purpose of this brush stroke the purpose of prosperity in our lives number one is god blesses us to be a blessing he blesses you and me to be a blessing not to keep it for ourselves but to be a blessing and it starts off in galatians 3 13 we see the following Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. But He has given out His life for us so that we can receive Abraham's blessing. Zalvin, what was Abraham's blessing? Glad you ask. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. What is the purpose of God's brushstroke, this brushstroke of, of prosperity? The purpose is, number one, is God blesses us to be a blessing. Number two, when He blesses others, when we bless, sorry, when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. And this always needs to be our attitude towards life is we are going to be a blessing to others. Meaning, first of all, God blesses us to be a blessing. So it comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility is when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. God takes care of our needs. That should be our attitude is, is God use me. Here I am. 
bless me so that I can be a blessing. He's not calling us to be a bank to, to hoard up everything. He's calling us to be a funnel so that when He blesses us, we can be a blessing to other people. Luke 18, 29 and 30 says, I guarantee this, anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more in this life and will receive eternal life in the next world to come. God will bless us. If, if, if we bless others, God will take care of us and our needs. What, it, what is the purpose? It's so that he, he blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And when we are a blessing to others, church, He takes care of us. And I love what Luke says, in this world, in this world, we can experience His blessing in this world. Thirdly, the more God blesses us, the more He expects us to bless others. God's blessing, church, comes with responsibility. He's a God of principles. It comes by faith. We need to have faith. And faith is only, uh, we can't have faith without works. Faith without works is dead. We, we can expect and have faith for God's blessings. But it's also, it also comes with responsibility. And, and the more God blesses us, the more He expects from us to bless others. And here's the thing that you need to know is God will, will never will never guilt trip you in the many things that you have. He will never guilt trip you about your nice house or your nice car or, or the blessings that He has bestowed on you. He won't. But there is an expectation that you will use it to bless others. Luke 12, 48 says, and here's the responsibility side of it. Much is required. Much is required from those to whom much is given for their responsibility is greater meaning when, when when god has blessed you with more there's an expectation that you will bless and keep on blessing others he's expecting that from you and you can be blessed you can experience the brush stroke of god you can experience that brush stroke church and 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 it's quite frankly, it's, it's, it's God's principles. And by living by God's principles, that's how we do it. Uh, Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3 reminds us. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers. But those who delight in his law or in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the stream of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do, they prosper. We can. And it comes by some work, by, by putting in the effort. So, so what does that look like in, in my life, Zalvin? What do I need to do to experience this brush stroke of God and, and to experience the, the blessing in, in my life? We know we've just discussed the, the why, the purpose of this brush stroke. But how can I experience this brush stroke in my life? I want to give a couple of things and then I'm ending. Number one. 
the brush stroke takes place, number one, as I put God first. If you want to experience God's blessing in your lives, the brush stroke of prosperity, meaning being pushed forward, meaning ending up in life where you know that was only God, you need to put God first. Put God first in the mornings, put Him first in your finances, put Him first in your marriage, put Him first in your relationship. Put God first. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, and it comes with a, with a great uh, promise as well. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And here comes the promise. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vat uh, uh, will brim over with new wine. How do I experience God's brushstroke? I put God first. Number two, as I maintain integrity. Very important for us as believers to live a life of integrity. Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who, whose walk is blameless. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And the good news is, by the cross of Jesus Christ, He made us blameless before God. And God wants to bestow that favor on us. But we need to walk with integrity, do business with integrity, do life with integrity. No dodgy deals. We do it with integrity. We lead our companies with integrity. We experience God's brushstroke when we maintain integrity number three is as i give intentionally as i give intentionally and and the key word here is being intentional for me and my wife it's very simple we live by this principle and we are intentional about it is we give to god first we save second and we live from the rest that is how our finances work in the birth of family we give first save second and live from the rest. We are intentional about it. We are saving. You might ask, what are you saving for? Be intentional with that. What are you giving to? Be intentional with that. Sit down, pray, pray about it. Pray about how much. For us, it's, it's 10% and above. It's, it's just the way it is. But we also save 10% of our income. Uh, but we, we, we are intentional about that savings. We are saving for our kids' futures, for them to buy houses one day and have some money to, to put down. We are intentional. And I want to encourage you, be intentional. We experience God's brushstroke as I give intentionally. 2 Corinthians 9 says the following, verse 10 and 11. Now... He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. One we give intentionally. But also we give generously. Number four, how do I experience God's brush stroke? As I give 
generously. And, and here's the thing, it's never about the number. It's never about the number, but the willingness of your heart. It's never about the number, but the willingness of your heart. Are you generous? I love this church. We are a generous church. I think we are leading the way with generosity. We, we, we just love it to be generous as a church. And this church is generous and its people is generous. And that's why we experience God's brush stroke uh, as we give generously. Luke 6.38 says, Give, he says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. What a promise. What a promise. When we give, when, when we give generously, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. How are you giving? And how is that willingness of your heart when you give? Are you a generous giver are you generous with that and lastly lastly as i stay dependent on god the thing that happens to us is that sometimes the flesh takes over sometimes we experience overflow we experience god's paintbrush the brush stroke of prosperity but then our trust shifts to our things and not to God anymore. And if you want to keep on experiencing God's brush stroke in your life, stay dependent on God. Don't put your trust in things. Put your trust in the living God that we serve. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says the following. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. For our enjoyment. Meaning God wants to prosper you. He wants to add that brush stroke to your life that he wants to prosper you he wants to bless you with overflow with milk and honey for your enjoyment but he commands us he's saying hey hey it's not about that stuff put your hope in god not in your house not in your car not in your bank account not in your job not in this earthly stuff keep on putting your hope and trust and stay dependent on God. Put it in God and stay dependent on God. Not in things, but on Him. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. He wants to salayach, meaning to help you push forward. And it's more about the condition of the soul than it has to do with anything else. It's not about the money. It's not about the stuff. It's God wants to help you push you forward so that you can be a blessing to others so that you can keep on be a blessing to others and god the more he blesses you the more he's going to expect you to be a blessing to others be a good steward with that blessing with that prosperity and stay dependent on god it's about the condition of your soul 
again. God wants to take the paintbrush. He wants to brush the stroke of prosperity over your life. But in the real sense of the world, of the word, the word salayah, meaning I want to push you forward. I want to bless you so that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. My prayer for you is that you will experience that blessing, that way of life, the wind in your sails being pushed forward. And when you, when you stand one day and say, how did I get here? It's the brush stroke of God. It's God that prospers me. And I'm so thankful for that because without him, I would not have experienced the word in its original meaning. Saleh being pushed forward. He wants to prosper you. He wants to push you forward. But let's stay dependent on God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your heart and your generosity towards your children. Thank you that you want to bless us change our lives set us free but lord may we be good stewards with this blessing may we bless others as you bless us and may we stay dependent on you god and not put put our our trust in in things and earthly things but put our trust in you our god lord we love you and we thank you for your heart of generosity May we express that same generosity to this people around us. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bless you, church. May you have a great week. When we think about prosperity and God's blessings in our lives, what areas in your life and, and, and what situations in your life do you find yourself in where you know, if it wasn't for God, I would not be standing here? What is that push, that forward pushed motion that happened in your life where you know that was God? Second question that I want to ask you is, is there still areas in your life that you need to put God first in? Maybe it's your, your marriage, your relationships, your kids, your work, or your personal relationship with Him. Is there still areas where, where you don't experience the paintbrush of God or the brushstroke of prosperity because you haven't put God first in your life? And are you still dependent on God and not things? If you are highly blessed and favored, are you still dependent on God or did you put some dependency on your stuff here on earth. I hope that this message blessed you and this questions gets you thinking about God's prosperity in your life. Bless you.